Episode 135 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast has a big question rising among us. Will pro hockey return to the Miami Valley? That, and we take a look at boys basketball brackets. They're live, and we're covering all the local teams. Also, a look at wrestling playoffs, and the finalized 2020 Blue Jackets Cup playoffs in the Capital Hockey Conference. If it's happening in Southwest Ohio, it's on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to sports happening in the Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio region. Visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. Follow the host on Twitter, at the Lee W. Mallon, and the podcast at Cindy Pod. Opening theme is Arpy by Dan Hennig from the YouTube Music Library Collection. Now for your host, Lee W. Mallon. podcast recorded earlier in the week instead of late in the week whatever next anyway welcome back listener it's great to have you aboard as we talk cincinnati and dayton sports and fair warning we're gonna have to mutter the phrase fake news at least once in this segment joy of joys i'm certainly glad that's a saying that people like nowadays anyway troy ohio you might know troy as the city in southern miami county Home of the Troy High School Trojans and the Miami Valley League. Also home to the Troy Bruins Youth Hockey Association and Hobart Arena. You can say it's the birthplace of Dayton area hockey history because it is the birthplace of Dayton area hockey history. Built in the 1950s by the Hobart Brothers and it's still standing to this day. Went a pretty hefty renovation a couple years back. It's beautiful. And the city of Troy, Ohio, takes care of their hockey barn. A couple years ago, they had something on the ballot adding a second sheet of ice, but I don't think that went through because there's only one sheet of ice there. As you might hear from my podcast and broadcast, Hobart Arena is one of my favorite stops, and it's a gem. I mean, absolutely beautiful facility, and I love being up at Hobart for hockey season. The only thing you can say negatively about it is the neutral zone is quite smaller compared to, you know, regulation rinks. But, hey, it doesn't take away from the game. And, like I mentioned, I love Hobart Arena. Now, you might wonder why I'm talking about Troy, Ohio and Hobart Arena to start off episode 135. You gotta thank the folks at Bus League Hockey. Visit their website, busleaguehockey.com. They cover mostly federal... Hockey League, sorry, Federal Prospects Hockey League. It's been a while since I've been in the FHL because now it's the FPHL. And I forget if it was Prospect or Prospects. So, there you go. Again, Bus League Hockey on Facebook, Twitter, Bus League, website, busleaguehockey.com. Except this is not on their website from what I could tell. This is from their Facebook page 
as they have a post from February 5th at 7.12 p.m. Two eyeball emojis from their picture, Troy FPHL Hockey Club. That's the Facebook page you can like. Yeah, Troy, Ohio hosting an FPHL team. That would mark the return of the Federal back into the Miami Valley since the Dayton Demolition 2015-16 season. And then the team closed doors, Hair Arena closed doors, and we haven't had pro hockey since. Although, I should mention since then, the FHL has classified itself as semi-pro hockey, not professional hockey. It's still single A, which in the hockey minor league aspect is the lowest level of pro hockey. Then you have AA, ECHL, closest team be the Cincinnati Cyclones. We talk about them a lot in this podcast. AAA would be American Hockey League. The Columbus affiliate is the Cleveland Monsters. And then the big time NHL. Columbus would be the closest team. And then you have Pittsburgh, Nashville, Chicago, Detroit, close by. So yes, there are two accounts that I can tell for Troy FPHL Hockey Club. One's on Facebook at Troy FPHL Hockey Club. Already with 53 people liking it, 54 people following it, which is different because you don't have to like it. You can follow and get updates or something like that. I don't know. I think having both of them is stupid. Like it, follow it. I don't know. That's just me. I don't work for Facebook, as you might know. And also Twitter at TFPHL. And there's not a lot of action on the Twitter page. The picture they shared is of Hobart Arena. I think that's the Zamboni end, which would be the north end of the building. Like I mentioned, Hobart Arena, beautiful. And then you can scroll down and see my reply on February 5th. I love Hobart Arena, tremendous arena in Troy. I think you can already tell my feelings about that from the beginning of this episode. And then you have the Marksman owner from the Fayetteville Marksman in the SBHL, which is also a single-A organization in minor league hockey. Love the way this barn looks, and Troy FPHL responds, us too. So yeah, not a lot of action on Twitter, and to be honest, on Facebook, there's not a lot of action on here. Most of the action is coming from the Bus League Hockey Post, again dated February 5th at 7.12 p.m. There's a lot of... Reactions to it, 26, some with the thumbs up, some with the wow, or the gas face, as you call it, and some with the angry face. And we'll get to the angry face a little bit later. As we pop up all comments on here, had to retake this take because I hit something and then the post went away, and that wasn't very nice. A lot of people chiming in on this. Some people miss hockey here in Dayton, but not going to give their hopes up until something is actually hammered out. People asking which Troy it is. I remember our first year with the Dayton Demons. There was a rumor saying that Troy was getting a team. And then we found out it was Troy, Michigan, not Troy, Ohio. There's a couple of Troys around, you see. There's also one in New York as well. There's someone sharing the beautiful picture of Hobart Arena. This time, further away from the Twitter picture and one of the corners. Someone's asking about the Titans being reborn. Someone's asking about the Bruins making a comeback. That is a statement on the last pro team that called Hobart Arena home. 
the Troy Bruins in the All-American Hockey League 2.0. And that year, we folded up shop halfway through. We got through October, November, December, and then closed up shop very early, January 2011. Yeah, I, I like those times with the Bruins. I wear my Troy Bruins jacket occasionally when I go out to do hockey games because the Zabo family got it for me, and I, like I said, I like it. Then here's the fake news thing I was talking about. Scott Hockey Brand. More fake news. Scott Hockey Brand was the one to give this post a frowny face on Bus League Hockey. I want to call it Bus Hockey League, but I know that's not correct. Sorry, folks. He used to be, what was he, the GM of the Carolina Thunderhawks? Thunderbirds, excuse me. Now he's with Columbus, Georgia. Not Columbus, Ohio. You see these letters? That's called a state. There's a Tommy Boy reference for the episode. One every millennial, or my money back. So, we go on to another post, again, from the folks at Bus League Hockey. And this is also dated February 5th. And five days ago, Troy FPHL Hockey Club replies on this picture of their Facebook page. Stay tuned as announcements about our future will be made later on this month, date to be determined. And there's 10 reactions, some happy thumbs, which I guess in Facebook world is likes, and one wow face. Someone mentions that Troy, Ohio coming in, Berlin, New Hampshire returning to the FPHL, Bloomington, Illinois, maybe a fourth team coming in. Someone mentions that hockey coming back in Miami Valley is great. Well, personally, i like to see that. And personally, Dayton, Ohio is a great hockey market. You tell most of your fans out there that they're like, no, because there's not even there's not even hockey here. It can't be a good hockey market. You look at the Hockey in Dayton book by Chuck Gabringer, which, by the way, I mentioned that a bunch of times in the Centerville Mason broadcast, and Mason was nice enough to tweet out the recommendation. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate that. Yeah, this place is a great hockey market. So is Cincinnati, Ohio, but we're talking about Dayton today. Will this happen? Well, let me tell you a little bit about after Troy Bruins leaving the AAHL and folding up shop. Let me tell you about the hockey teams I called Hobart Arena home. You may notice that words are supposed to go in here. That's because nothing has happened. Troy High School, Troy Bruins Youth Hockey Association, maybe your occasional, you know, on ice thing. You have public skates, of course, practices for the Trojans, and that's really it. There's no pro teams that have called Troy, Ohio home since the Bruins. Now, I can't say with any certain you know, aspect in my voice. But I've heard that Hobart Arena wants nothing to do with something that's maybe not going to last. So if these business folk want to bring an FPHL team to Hobart Arena in Troy, need to do their homework and need to promise Hobart, hey, we're here for the long haul. And yes, we're going to bump the Trojans away or, you know, however that works. But we want to call Troy, Ohio home and prepare to 
plant roots into the community. You don't do that. I don't think Hobart's going to say yes. Hobart might even say no, even with the most prepared, you know, presentation saying this is why we need hockey here. Like I mentioned, Troy, Ohio takes wonderful care of Hobart Arena. And they don't just run out the ice, you know, for something that might not last another year. They, I, I really love Hobart Arena, and I think it'd be a nice place for maybe junior hockey, maybe FPHL, not the FEHL, because that's not a thing. But at the same time, I get it. Hobart's been burnt before, and like, you know, things are fine the way it is. Money's coming in, concerts come in. Hobart Arena does quite well. I mean, during the hockey season and off-season. But will it happen? I'm not sure. If it does happen, don't expect it for 2020-2021. Expect it for 2021-2022, which that is in another post on here. I'm going to sound like the oldest podcaster in the world, but if I can figure out how to get it back on Facebook, there is a conversation... Held between Bus League Hockey and Troy FPHL Hockey Club. Now I just have to find it. By the way, for those fans of Dayton Demons, Ahmed Mafuz has been named the Player of the Month for January. He's now with the Amira Enforcers. You know, that team with the neon green and, you know, a cop holding a hockey stick. Which is really cool. They took the place of the Elmira Jackals, which one time was the ECHL affiliate of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think that was right after they left the Dayton Bombers and that. A couple of light starts on here. There's a GM that left. Game with the Carolina Thunderbirds. There is another Star Wars jersey. Enough. We get it. Star Wars exists. And please don't start making Baby Yoda jerseys. Please don't start making Baby Yoda jerseys. We get it. It's Baby Yoda. Woo. Okay. Here is the post I'm looking for. This is from February 5th, 736. Page is legit. So these people are actually trying to get a team in Detroit and not just like, hee hee hee, this would be fun. Maybe we'll get that local podcaster guy to talk about it and then we can laugh at his face behind his back at his face. And aiming for a 2021 start, not this year. So any relocations done the FPHL this season aren't happening Detroit, Ohio, USA. So the conversation is as follows, because it's on the page. You know, I'll, you know, I think I can talk about it. At the present time, we will be keeping our cards close to the chest. Well, I can tell you this is a group of dedicated businessmen who have a vision to provide the citizens of Troy, Ohio with an entertaining brand of hockey like they've never seen before. And then Bus League Hockey asks, any time Lauren and info you plan to make announcements? Appreciate the response. There's an error on our current page stating we're debuting debuting next season. That's incorrect. We're planning 2021 being our first year in the league. We are still in positive negotiations with an arena and the league. Well, I can tell you there's no other hockey rink in Troy. In fact, the closest one north would be the Cube in Finley, and down south, what would that be? South Metro? Kettering? Which don't see nearly enough what the FPHL really wants. I mean, the FHL did play a game there at South Metro, and I had the call, and <laughs> it's kind of funny, looking back on it, that one year calling a game at South Metro, we had the behind the goalie 
look. And I'm completely used to it by now, so that's cool. Some comments on this, one by my friend, hopefully yours too, Michael Laos. The arena is not interested in pro hockey. They want concerts and such. These business people better have a lot of money to guarantee for the arena. And then Bus Hockey League. Bus League Hockey. Dang it, I did it again. It's what made this find and combo so interesting, because we have two sources who straight up told us in the past the arena wanted nothing to do with the Fed. Like I mentioned, Hobart Arena, very picky about who calls Hobart Arena home. You know, concerts, Trojan hockey, Bruins hockey, that's youth hockey, that's about it. Someone mentions that they wish the Memphis team would come through, that's... That'd be a nice gateway between the Midwest and Columbus, Georgia. Not Columbus, Ohio. And also we have someone saying the league is denying this entirely. So, there you go. It's really fun to follow, and I I personally hope it does come true, because, again, pro hockey in the Miami Valley, you have to market it, you have to market it, you have to market it, but I feel if you do those things correctly, then, uh you might have yourself a valuable product. It seems like these businessmen do care about bringing a product in. It's not just like, hey, we're going to make lots of money on this hockey team. Oh, wait, you don't make hockey. You don't make a lot of money on minor league sports. You really don't, you know, but there you go. Looking through uh, another post. This is the one talking about the Facebook page. Someone mentions that the website has an address not listed for Hobart Arena. It's, I believe, an office on nearby Market Street. Well, now if you have your market or if you have your office out there, then yeah, that makes sense. Let's look. Let's see other things. And Bus League Hockey asked Berlin coming back. I haven't heard that one. I like the Berlin River Drivers. That was a cool logo. It was Chris Creamer's sportslogos.net top, what was it, 50 logos? It was really cool. And River Drivers is a unique name, which is how back in the day lumberjacks used to drive lumber down the river. They're River Drivers. There you go. One of my favorite stories. Looking through... Oh, I guess the Berlin rumor is an April Fool's joke. That got me on February 11th. Yes, sir, E3. But, personally, I like to see it happening. Will we see it happening? Eh. I don't know. I really don't know. There's part of me saying no. There's part of me saying yes. I really hope it happens. Because yours truly would put down an application. Because I'd love to go back and work up in Troy broadcast hockey, but we'll see how it goes. And now we move on to the 2020 Blue Jackets Cup. The bracket has been finalized after the final weekend of regular season play. Of course, the Blue Jackets Cup is the Capital Hockey Conference conference tournament held mostly at the Ice House, the side rink at Nationwide Arena. There are a couple games that are not there. We'll cover it as we Go along the bracket. Of course, the Capital Hockey Conference, mainly Columbus, Ohio area teams. There are three teams that break that rule in the Springboro Panthers of Springboro, or the Dayton area, 
and two from Cincinnati in the Molar Crusaders and the St. Xavier Bombers. We'll start off with the championship bracket, and the Molar Crusaders are the only non-Columbus team to make the top eight, and their reward for being the eighth seed in the CBJ Cup, they get to face number one, Upper Arlington. Upper Arlington is one tough customer. They have not lost this season. In fact, the only non-win they picked up was a 3-3 tie with St. Charles, who happens to be number two in the Red Division. Upper Arlington, by the way, number two in the state of Ohio. And that's including club teams and high school teams. This Upper Arlington team I got to see play Springboro at South Metro. They're pretty darn good. In fact, second best in the state good. So a big battle awaits the Crusaders who fell to Upper Arlington on the road. 4-1 was the final for the Golden Bears. But that matchup will take place Thursday, February 13th at 7 at the Ice House. Big battle, but we'll see how that turns out for the Fighting Crusaders. Your next game, actually the first game of the Thursday, there are four total Thursday for championship bracket play. At five, before the Upper Arlington Molar game, you'll have number four, New Albany, square up with number five, Dublin Jerome. This Dublin Jerome team, they lost several seniors, I believe ten from last year, when they made the state title game, being the first Central Ohio team to ever play for a title in ice hockey. It's weird to think about that. So for 20 years, the Blue Jackets calling Columbus, Ohio home and for a Columbus area high school to make the Teto game. But yeah, this year you might say it's a down year for Dublin Jerome. They still went 8-6-1-1 in conference play. And before the Springboro game, they played mostly the Red Division, which is the tough division in the CHC. Although you can make the argument the white division's pretty tough because there's seven other teams, but you get what I'm saying. The red division is the cream of the crop. Again, Dublin Jerome went 8-6-1-1 in regular season play in the conference, 14-11-2 overall. Still a very solid Jerome squad. And New Albany, they have a couple big wins in their pocket. They took down St. Charles. I believe they also took down Olentangy Liberty once. It's the one team that I didn't see this year at South Metro. I think we see the Eagles from New Albany next season with the Springboro Panthers hosting them. Thursday the 13th, 7.30 at the Iceworks in Worthington, which is the rink I continuously forget about because of the fact that most of the teams play at the Chillers outside the 270 loop. But the Iceworks was purchased by the Chiller LLC company, the ones that run the Chillers around Columbus in 2006 to make sure the Iceworks never closed down. You'll have an Olentangy battle as number 3 Liberty squares up with number 6 Orange. Olentangy Orange won the White Division going 11-5 and in their 16 conference games. A very solid squad and holding off a very strong Olentangy Berlin comeback. It's amazing with Olentangy Berlin just two years of existence and almost winning the White Division. So it'll be Liberty Orange at the Iceworks Thursday 13th at 7.30. And at the Chiller North first rink out of three, Thursday the 13th at... Can't tell if that's 6.30 or 
That number is pretty darn small. Let's view it in a bigger size. That's 830. Hey, you can click on it and it pops up bigger. Wish I knew that before this take, but whatever. Number two, St. Charles gets number seven, Olin Tangy Berlin. Again, just so you know, in the Capital Hockey Conference, if you're in the red division, you automatically play for the championship bracket. If you're the top three in the white division, you play in the championship. Four through eight, and anywhere in the blue division, you play in the consolation bracket, which we cover right now. St. X, first year in the Capital, so, so close being the eighth seed, but they had actually two more losses compared to Muller. Same amount of points at 18. But St. X will be the top team in the Constellation Bracket at number 9. And the Bombers will wait until Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, not Valentine's Day. That's a different holiday. Anyway, the 14th Friday at 8 at the Ice House, St. X will take on either the winner of Dublin Sciota or St. Francis de Sales. These two teams fell 4th and 5th respectively in the Blue Division. Dublin Sciota went 2-14 in conference play, and St. Francis Sales went 0-15 in conference play and 0-24 on the year. Although Dublin Sciota gave up 30 more goals compared to the Mustangs, 189-159. Anyway, Dublin Sciota with two more conference wins. They get the 17th seeds, the Sales the 18th seed, and those two teams will play Wednesday the 12th, 7.40 p.m. at the Chiller North 2 rink making that the first CHC Blue Jackets Cup game you can catch. Elsewhere, Valentine's Day again. 6 p.m. at Chiller North 1. It will be number 12, Dublin Kaufman, squaring up with number 13, Olin Tangy. You'll have number 10, Thomas Worthington, take on either the winner of number 15, Bishop Watterson, and number 16, Gehanna Lincoln. By the way, Bishop Watterson and Gehanna Lincoln play Wednesday, 7.40 at the Dublin 2 rink the second sheet of ice of the Dublin Chiller. And the winner of that will take on number 10, Thomas Worthington, Valentine's Day at North 1 at 8, making that the second game. Actually, the first game you can catch of the CHC Conference, just depending on what Chiller you're at. And finally, to wrap up the first round games for all schools, number 11, Springboro. They'll play Valentine's Day at 6 p.m. against number 14, Columbus Academy at the Ice House. So that means the Cincinnati-Dayton teams in the Capitol will all play at the Ice House for their first game. Springboro defeated Columbus Academy. I believe that was on the road by a 2-0 margin. So the Panthers do have that win in the regular season against the Vikings. However, this is tournament play. Anything goes. And that's your Blue Jackets Cup first round. Your semifinal matches will all take place Saturday the 15th. Looks like it's starting at 2 at the Ice House for Championship Semi 1, and Semi 2 will be at 4. Consolation Semis will be at 6 and 8 at the Ice House. And your Championship Games will be Sunday the 16th. The Consolation Champ will be crowned after the 2 o'clock game, and 4 o'clock will crown the Championship Bracket Champions. That's your Blue Jackets Cup. We mentioned... Upper Arlington was the only team to clinch a place in the championship bracket. You know, going 30-0-1 helps, and 15-0-1, you know, that definitely helps. I believe Dublin, Sciota, and DeSales clinched their spots. Gehanna was in there. Columbus Academy, Bishop Watterson, that was the pair of schools needing a win to not play against Gehanna Lincoln, and Columbus Academy pulled that out against Bishop Watterson. 
Again, you can find us, CapitalHockeyConference.com at cbjcup.htm. You might have to refresh it a couple times because it still pops up the 2018-19 bracket. Mission is free. Teams are responsible for all duties normally associated with CHC games. Home teams do not charge a mission. Again, it's free. And EMTs will be provided by the conference and the tournament. And OHSAA overtime procedures will follow until a winner is determined. And please remember to text your scores to JJ. That would be very nice. And I just saw that Ohio Hockey Digest just retweeted conference tournament time. I think that's my article. Let's go have a look-see real quick. Actually, sorry, I'm focused on something. Notification on Twitter. Southwest Ohio Hockey Check. It's conference tournament time. Yep, that's my article. And I'm retweeting it now. Give Ohio Hockey Digest a follow at hockey underscore Ohio. Or just give me the follow at the Lee W. Mallon. That's me. And talks about the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League. And the Cincinnati Dayton teams in the Capital Hockey Conference. Because... I know that I was supposed to just talk about the Swashel, but they're part of Southwest Ohio. I do a podcast on Southwest Ohio sports. They're part of the hockey family down here, so that's why I did. So, talked about that. That was cool. And I'm very excited to see this weekend unfold before my eyes. Again, I'm at the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey Tournament, mostly at Northland. Two games, Valentine's Day at South Metro. I'll have those calls. I'm missing Talawanda Elder because I can't be in two places at once. I tried that. It didn't end well. So, there you go. So, what's up next on episode 135 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast? Boys Basketball Brackets. We're talking who's playing who and where up next on the local Sunday Sports Podcast. And also, we'll throw in some wrestling updates as well. Hey listeners, did you know that you can buy gear supporting the local Sunday Sports Podcast? Visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast, then click on Buy Podcast Merchandise, made by T Public. You can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, and even stickers. Check out the local Sunday Sports gear by T Public. Before we roll along with episode 135, just a quick college basketball update. Man, what a great season we're having in Southwest Ohio for college hoops. It might be the best college hoop season down here in quite some time. I mean, we'll talk about the schools that are ranked. The Wittenberg Tigers are number 5 in Division 3. The Dayton Flyers staying high at number 6. What a great season UD's had. And the Cincinnati Bearcats are receiving votes. After a good rip through the AAC, although that loss at UConn certainly does hurt. I think UConn was, what, 3-6 and six in AAC play before beating Cincinnati for the first time in a couple tries? Yes, that call at the end should have been called, but you don't leave that to chance. You battle through, you make the game yours, and you... Take chance out of the whole equation. That's my take, so there you go. There's a newcomer in the receiving votes category, 
And with one vote, the Wright State Raiders have picked up their first AP vote since becoming a school. That's right, Wright State. Since becoming part of Division I hoops, they have received votes in the AP poll. And what a nice season Wright State's having as well. Yes, the loss at UIC doesn't help. Yes, the loss at Green Bay doesn't help. But undefeated in Horizon League play at home? Not too shabby. And guess who's coming in Valentine's Day? The UIC Flames. And I think I heard on the coaches show on 980. Yeah, local sports on 980. I'm shocked too. Anyway, I think I heard through the coaches show that there's a Valentine's Day special. Five bucks a ticket. And first 4,000 students there, first 4,000 fans, get black shirts for blackout night. It's 9 o'clock. It'll be on ESPN2. And, hey, remember the last time Wright State was on a big ESPN platform? Yeah, I think they rocked that night. That might have been the Norfolk, Kentucky game, if I'm thinking about it, but I thought it was another game. I I might be wrong on that, but there you go. Yeah, Wright State could, you know, right the ship. Sorry for that pun, but they could split the series with UIC on Friday. And Flyer fans, you definitely want to check out tonight, Tuesday, with... Obi Toppin's younger brother, Jacob Toppin, and the Rhode Island Rams coming in. Rhode Island's also receiving votes. They are pretty darn good, and I think they're the biggest threat to UD. VCU's kind of, I don't want to say falling off the ladder entirely, but they have three conference losses. UD still flying high, no A-10 losses for the Red Scare and crew. But yeah. College hoops, aren't they excellent this year? And Xavier's picking up some steam as well in the Big East. That big upset at Seton Hall giving the Pirates the first Big East loss. And Xavier taking care of Providence. Man, can I just talk about how Xavier should go back to those throwbacks full-time? I love those jerseys. The lighter shade of blue, the running Musketeer logo. Throwback season. Mm Mm-mm, that's my favorite. But your taste might vary. Now, onwards to boys' basketball playoffs. Mentioned Sunday, and the brackets finally filled out. This is from the Southwest District Athletic Board. I like the way they do their brackets a little bit better, just because of the fact they actually have records on them. We can talk a little bit more about them. And we start off with Division One In Ohio, that's the largest schools, Division One. We start off with Cincinnati 1. This is at Lakota West High School. And the action begins Saturday, February 22nd. Three games at Lakota West. As it'll be number 2, Lakota East, 18-2, taking on 5-15, Kings Mills Kings. Not to be confused with Queens Mills Kings or Queens Mills Queens. This is Kings Mills Kings. You know, the school right by Kings Island. You can see the roller coasters from the football stadium. It's really cool. I like being at Kings. Afterwards, you'll have number four Turpin, 17 and three Spartans, take off against number 24 Western Brown, who are 13 and seven. And after that game, you'll have the 12 and nine Elder Panthers, seeded number 12, taking on number 26 Anderson. The Redskins are six and 14. One by in Cincinnati, one. It's Northwest and the Knights, six and 14 are as Northwest. They're 28th. And they'll take on the winner of Lakota East and Kings Thursday, February 27th at 6. Again, all those games at Lakota West High School. The sectional final will be Saturday, February 29th at 7. And the winner of Cincinnati 1 takes on the winner of Dayton 3 at the Centos Center 
on the campus of Xavier University, Sunday, March 8th at 1. Now onwards to Cincinnati 2. A smaller bracket compared to Cincinnati 1. There are two teams with a bye, but first the action starts. This game will be at Fairfield, as number 5 Oak Hills has number 23 Sycamore. The Highlanders are 15-5, and five, Sycamore 6-14, and 14, and this game will be at Fairfield. Is this all these games at Lakota West, I presume, too? Looks like it. And then you'll have 4-15 and 15 with throw in their last boys basketball season in the Eastern Cincinnati Conference. They'll take on 19-2 and two LaSalle and the Lancers. Lancers having a very good season. However, could not strip the GCL South title away from the Moeller Fighting Crusaders. Your bye games are Tuesday, February 25th at 6 o'clock. The winner of Oak Hill Sycamore has number 11 Walnut Hills at 14 and 6. And 6 and 14 Middletown, seeded number 22nd, gets the winner with Throw and LaSalle. And the winner of Cincinnati 2 will play Cincinnati 5. This will be Sunday, March 8th at 8 at the Centos Center. By the way, the sectional final is Friday, February 28th at 7. Onwards to Cincinnati 3. This is at Hamilton High School. And you'll start off Saturday, February 22nd with a trio of games, starting off with number 32, Little Miami, 1-21, taking on number 1, Archbishop Moeller. By the way, Crusaders are 20-1. I think the one loss was to what? St. Vincent, St. Mary? Yeah, Crusaders basketball, pretty legit. And that'll be a 5 o'clock game. You'll have number 15, Edgewood, 15-5. and five, A great year for the Cougars out in Trenton. They'll take on the Wildcats of Harrison, 10-10 ten and 10, at 6.30. And then you'll have number 21, Goshen, at 13-7. and seven, Square off with number 16, Western Hills, at 10-10. Ten and 10, On Saturday, February 22nd at 8. One by in Cincinnati 3. That is number 31, Cole Rain. The Cardinals, 1-19. They'll take on the little... The, Winner of Little Miami and Archbishop Muller. Not to confuse Little and Winner in there. I don't know why I did. Since the 3's sectional final is February 29th at 7 at Hamilton. And the winner of this will take on Dayton 1 at the Centos Center. March 8th, that's a Sunday, at 3. Onwards to Cincinnati 4 we go again at Hamilton. We have number 17, Loveland. The Tigers 10-10 and 10, taking on another 10-10 and 10 squad. And number 14, Lakota West. And then... That's Friday, February 21st at 6. Afterwards, you'll have number 6, Princeton, at 14 and 6, taking on 5 and 15, Oxford, Talawanda, and the Brave. Two buys in Cincinnati 4. It's Mason getting one of those. They'll take on the winner of Loveland, Lakota West, Tuesday, February 25th at 6. And Witten Woods has the second one at 6 and 14 are the Warriors. They'll take on Princeton or Talawanda. Cincinnati 4, sectional final is February 28th at 7. And this will be played at the Cintas Center. Actually, that will not be played at the Cintas Center. Cincinnati 4 has got Dayton 2 at the Cintas Center Sunday, March 8th at 6. Onwards to Cincinnati 5, the last Cincinnati bracket. This is at Fairfield High School. With the exception of one game, Hamilton at Fairfield. Because you can't play at your own school because that's a home game. Naughty. Fairfield will play at Lakota West. The Indians are 7-13 overall and number 18 in D1. They'll take on number 8, Hamilton. At 14 and 6. This is Friday, February 21st at 6 at Lakota West. And at 7.30 at Fairfield, you'll have number 9 West Claremont, 15 and 5, against 10 and 11, Milford. Two buys in Cincinnati 5. Mount Healthy has one of them. The Owls are 15 and 4. Good season for Mount Healthy. They'll take on either Hamilton or Fairfield. 
And St. X has the other one. The Bombers, 13-6. and six. They got West Claremont or Milford. Sorry, Milford! Sectional final for Cincy 5 is February 28th at 7. And the winner of this has Cincinnati 2 at the Cintas Center, March 8th at 8. And now we head up to Dayton 1. All these games will be played at Centerville High School. First up, Friday, February 21st. It's actually Sydney against Kettering Fairmont. It is not at the top of the bracket. And actually, that's Saturday. Dang it. I I butchered that up. Sorry. Sydney is 17-3 and three on the year. That's impeccable. Nice record for the Yellow Jackets. They get 8-11, Kettering Fairmont. 3 versus 10. And up next will be number 8, Franklin, who also is 17-3. and three. Another nice year for the Wildcats. They'll take on 16-4, and four, Stebbins, seed in number 9. This seems like a very brutal bracket. Dayton won. In fact, there's only one team, make that two teams, under 500, and it's not by many games. I mentioned Fairmont 8 and 11. The team that has the bye will take on the winner of 14 and 6 Miamisburg, seed at number 4, against number 11 Belmont at 11 and 10. Winner of that has Springboro Thursday, February 27th at 6. And the sectional final of Dayton 1 will be played at Trotwood Masson, February 29th at 7. Winner of Dayton 1 gets Cincy 3 at the Cintas Center, March 8th at 3. Move on to Dayton 2, also at Centerville, except the Elks are in this bracket. Therefore, this game has to be played at Vandalia Butler. The Elks 10-10, and 10, they have the number 1 seed on this side. They'll take on 5-16 and 16, Tecumseh, and that is Saturday, February 22nd at 5. Also on the 22nd at 3, you'll have Carroll, 9-11, taking on 12-8 Troy. Battle of Patriots Trojans there. And 1-19 Northmont squaring up with 10-9 Wayne. 19 Northmont against number 5 Wayne. Fairborn has the lone bye. They'll take on either the winner of Centerville or Tecumseh. And this is Tuesday, February 25th at 6. Again, the sectional finals at Trotwood Madison at 7. Friday, February 28th. Winner has Cincinnati 4 at the Cintas Center, March 8th at 6. How about Dayton 3? This is at Vandalia Butler High School, except Vandalia Butler's in this bracket. They'll play at Centerville High School Friday, February 21st at 6 against Springfield. Wildcats are the 6th seed at 8 and 12. Butler of the 15th seed at 11 and 9. Pick 1 West Carrollton will make up the second game of Dayton 3. The Indians are 7 and 13 and West Carrollton and the Pirates 14 and 5. Superb winning season. I think it's the first winning season for West Carrollton since, what did I read, 2004? Something like that? Big season for West Carrollton. Pirates are number 7, pick was 16th, and they'll play Saturday, February 22nd, 6.30. After that, you'll have another G-Walk battle. Well, former G-Walk. Actually, it's still G-Walk, this one. Lebanon and Beaver Creek. Beavers are 13-7, and seven, and the number 2 seed, they'll take on the 5-15 and 15 Warriors. Again, their last year in the G-Walk. And the winner gets pick was Carrollton. Two teams formerly of the G-Walk, now in the Miami Valley League. There's one bye in Dayton 3, it's 4-15 and 15 Xenia. They'll either get Springfield or Vandalia Butler. The, the sectional final, I keep wanting to say semi-final final, which doesn't make sense. The sectional final of Dayton 3 is Friday, February 28th at 7. Winner of this has a date at the Cintas Center against Cincinnati 1, March 8th at 1. And that is Division 1 all wrapped up nice and neat. All records, everything. Again, why didn't I think of this the first time when it did girls basketball? I have no idea. But we'll move on to Division 2, 
And bing it goes. Cincinnati won to start off Division Two. This is at Mason High School. And we start off Friday, February 21st at 6. As number 4, Archbishop McNicholas takes on number 17, Bethel Tate. The Rockets are 13-7. and seven. The Tigers of Bethel Tate are 7-12. It'll be Monroe battling Taylor next at Saturday, February 22nd at 3. The Hornets 13-7. and seven. Taylor 12-8. and eight. That should be a very nice matchup. And Taylor, the Yellow Jackets. So you have the Battle of Insects that Sting and are just big jerks. The insects, not the athletes. I promise I met the insects. Again, Monroe Taylor. Then we have Purcell Marion, 6-14 and 14 against 10-9 Woodward. Purcell Marion, the fourth seed, Woodward the fifth. The one by in Cincy 1 is number 16, Wilmington. The Hurricane are 7-11. They get either McNicholas or Bethel Tate. The sectional final is Saturday, February 29th at 7. And this winner moves on to take on Dayton 3 at the University of Cincinnati's 5th 3rd Arena. That's awesome. Man, it's got to be cool. You get to play at the big arenas. There's Cintas Center for D1. I know University of Dayton, what do they have? D3 or D4? We'll come across that later. But yeah, D2's got University of Cincinnati. looks like awesome. How about Cincinnati 2? There's one bye, and it's Schroeder and the Jaguars, 4-16, and 16, seeded number 18. And they'll take on the winner of Bactavia or Wyoming. By the way, Wyoming, a 20-0 record. And I mentioned this in previous podcast episodes, but what a season Wyoming is having. Boys soccer is awesome, football's awesome, almost made it to another state title game. I think girls soccer and volleyball did quite well as well. But yeah, Cowboys 20-0. They knocked off Deer Park twice, I think, maybe once. And Batavia on the other side, 5-15. and So again, Schroeder's either got Wyoming or Batavia. That's Friday, February 21st. This is again at Mason. Saturday, February 22nd, it will be Hamilton Baden, the three seed at 16 and 4, taking on the Roger Bacon Spartans at 7 and 13. And after that game, you'll have Indian Hill at 11 and 8, square off with 10 and 8 Aiken. Again, I mentioned Schroeder the bye. The final in this sectional is Saturday, February 29th at 2. And then Cincinnati 2 gets Dayton 1 at the University of Cincinnati Friday, March 6th. There is no time on the battles on there. How about Cincinnati 3? This is at Princeton High School. Again, talking D2. Norwood and Hughes. The Indians are 4-16, and 16 and Hughes is 15-5. and 5. The Big Red having a great year. And the winner of that game on Saturday, February 22nd at 4, gets Clinton Massey, who's got the lone bye. The Falcons are 1-19, and, and they'll wait Wednesday, February 26th at 6 for the winner of Hughes-Norwood. On the middle side of the bracket, you'll have number 8, Ross, 13-7. and seven, Square up with number 9, New Richmond, 16-4. and four. That should be a pretty nice matchup, too. And after that game, it's Fenwick, 10-10, ten and 10, against 18-1, Blanchester. What an incredible year for the Wildcats. I think Blanchester, the Wildcats. Get them confused, Wildcats or Cougars. I'm sorry. And the final is marked in red. As they'll play this one Friday, February 28th at 6, probably because, you know, scheduling brackets. And this is at Princeton, by the way. Cincinnati 3 has the winner of Dayton 2, March 6th at the University of Cincinnati. And now we move on to Dayton 1 at Springfield High School. Big bracket here as so we cover Dayton 1. First up, you have number 4, Kenton Ridge at 15-5, and five, taking on number 12, Northridge at 9-11. and 11. Archbishop Alter, this is Friday, February 21st, the Kenton Ridge-Northridge game at 5. 
Alter has Northwestern, Knights 16 and 3, Northwestern 7 and 13. Northwestern has the benefit of not having to drive that far because Springfield is fairly close to Northwestern. Northwestern's just on the other side of Upper Valley Mall. And they'll play at 6.30. And after that will be Urbana 7-11 against Ponix Tech at 9-12. The Golden Panthers are seeded 11 at 9-12. Urbana 7-11 at 15. Bellbrook's got the bye in Dayton 1. They're 9-11. They wait the winner of Kenton Ridge and Northridge Tuesday, February 25th at 6. The winner of Dayton 1 takes on Cincinnati 2 again at the University of Cincinnati. How about Dayton 2? There's one bye and it's 15-6 Oakwood. The Lumberjacks had quite a very solid year. As they're 15-6, they'll take on either the winner of Tippecanoe at 12-8 or Chaminade Julian at 9-11. These first-round games of Dayton 2 are Saturday, February 22nd, starting at 4, and Oakwood's game Wednesday, February 26th at 6. Then you have 5-14 Greenville taking on 16-5 Thurgood Marshall. The Cougars are the 3 seed at 16-5, Greenville at 18. And Valley View, the 13th seed at 9-11. The Spartans take on Shawnee. Is that Preble Shawnee or Springfield Shawnee? I'd say it's Lima Shawnee, but that's not Southwest Ohio. There's literally two Shawnees, so hopefully we'll figure out that mystery later. But yeah, Shawnee, 11-8. Valley View, 9-11. That's Preble Shawnee. That's the Arrows. That's the Southwest, Southwestern Buckeye League battle. Well. Until next year, when Preble Shawnee joins the WOAC, the Western Ohio Athletic Conference, you know, where most of the CCC is migrating to. The winner of Dayton 2 gets Cincy 3 at the University of Cincinnati March 6th. How about Dayton 3? A pair of buys for Bell Fountain and Eaton. First up, Friday, February 21st, this is at Trent Arena at Kettering. 2-19 Graham has 18-2 Trotwood Madison. And 6-12 Dunbar has 15-6 Waynesville. Winner of Graham and Trotwood has 1-18 Bell Fountain. And number 16 Eaton, 6-15, gets Dunbar or Waynesville. And that's the end of Division 2. Dayton 3 gets Cincinnati 1 at the University of Cincinnati March 6. Again, the those contests start regional play. Do not have times yet. And that's Division 2 right off the bat. Now about Division 3. And these don't have locations at the end. Are these the University of Dayton ones? I'm not sure. Normally they have sites. But this is at Western Brown High School for Cincinnati 1. And we start off with 9 and 12 Marymont taking on 6 and 15 Clark Montessori Saturday, February 22nd at 1 p.m. Williamsburg has the bye Tuesday, February 25th at 6. They'll take on either the Warriors of Marymont or the Cougars of Clark Montessori. East Clinton has another bye. They'll play right after that Williamsburg game. The Astros are 2-18, and 18, the 18th seed. They'll either get 17 Riverview East at 3-15 and 15, or 14-6 and 6, Taft and the Senators. By the way, the Senators happen to be the number one seed. The winner of those games play Saturday, February 29th at 1 to take on Dayton 3, Saturday, March 7th, which I'm guessing that's University of Dayton. I'm not entirely sure. They'll be updated, I'm sure, though. Cincinnati 2, sure thing. Two more buys. These are very even brackets so far. And again, this is at Western Brown. Cincinnati Country Day and Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy get the buys. Both those teams have impeccable records. But we start off with Finneytown and James Gamble Montessori. 
Or just a guy named James Gamble. I heard he can really dunk the funk on a nasty dunk. Or something. Finneytown is 10-9. and 9. Gamble Monteseri and the Gators are 12-6. and 6. They'll get Cincinnati Country Day. Whoever wins that game. Wednesday, February 26th at 6. Oh, by the way, the Indians of Cincinnati Country Day, 17-3. and 3. So yeah, pretty big matchup there. You have Madeira, 8-13. and 13. They'll play Saturday, February 22nd, 5-30 after the Finneytown Gamble game. And Madeira has 10-10, and 10, Georgetown and the G-Men. That's what their name is. It's a pretty cool name, isn't it? G-Men, G-Women. And the winner of that gets 18-2, C-H-C-A. Cincinnati 2's winner gets Dayton 5, Saturday, March 7th. We move back to Princeton High School for Cincinnati 3, the last of the Cincinnati brackets. Two buys again, but first off, Summit Country Day 8-12 and 12 has North College Hill at 9-11. and 11. You know, the Trojans, home of one-time NBA star O.J. Mayo. I think he's suspended this year, but then he might come back. I don't know. I always liked that O.J. Mayo was played his high school ball in Cincinnati before he went to USC, and then all that, you know, stuff happened. Didn't he get caught? I don't know. I don't know. Not anything, like, crime-wise, just legal, collegiate, athletic-wise, which is illegal, so I don't know why I brought that up. Again, Summit Country Day in 12, North College Hill 9-11, Friday, February 21st at 6. And after that, you have 17-1 Deer Park, meaning Deer Park in Wyoming only played once. And Redding 2-18, and uh, Cincinnati Hills League battle there. Whoever wins Summit Country Day, North College Hill has Claremont Northeastern. The Rockets are 17-3 and on the year. Another nice year. Whoever wins against Deer Park and Redding has Seven Hills at 6-13. and The winner of Cincinnati 3 has Dayton 1 on Saturday, March 7th. As we move on to Dayton 1, this is at Northmont High School. The Thunderdome! Seriously, how did I not think that the basketball gym for Northmont Thunderbolts was the Thunderdome? I feel incredibly stupid. Anyway. Housen, that's how it's pronounced, 3-17 and 17 Wildcats have Middletown Madison, who, by the way, are 18-2 and two on the year, and Grant Wisman is, again, just pulverizing the Southwestern Buckeye League, and he leads Butler County in rebounds, thanks to the folks at Butler County Sports Report. I should have looked up that name before I mentioned it. Sorry. But yeah, he has close to 12 rebounds, and the closest one is someone... From New Miami, who's registering about nine. Yeah. Very important player for Madison. And the winner of Halson Middletown Madison gets Mechanicsburg. The 20 seeded Indians are 5 and 11. That's Tuesday, February 25th at 6. Just one first round game. Again, Madison, Halson. Your other game in Dayton 1 is number 11, Arcanum, taking on 13 and 7, Milton Union. That should be a pretty good one. Trojans 12 and 7, Bulldogs 13 and 7. The winner of Dayton 1 gets Cincinnati 3. Dayton 2 at Northmont. You have 13 and 5 West Liberty Salem, the 7th seed taking on the Bethel Bees at 9 and 11. Winner of West Liberty Salem Bethel gets 11 and 10 Brookville. And the ever game Thursday February 26th, I'm sorry, Thursday February 27th will be Miami East 9 and 10 against National Trail 18 and 3. By the way, the Blazers, they picked up the cross-county conference title in boys' basketball. As I mentioned on the podcast episode, I forget which number it was now, with Seth and Tony, the latest one I did with them. I mentioned if Twin Valley South can win it, at least have North or Trail win it, and Trail won it quite easily. In fact, it was a close battle in Mississinawa Valley, 
which the Blackhawks might have been able to share a title with the CCC, but it was all national trails. Their first solo title in the CCC since 1999. It's been a while. And the first one since, what was it, 2003, where they shared with four other schools. Yeah, that was a fun year. I think Twin Valley South might have been part of that. Maybe. But yeah, very happy for head coach Mike Harrison and the National Trailblazers. Like I mentioned, I like seeing success of all the schools around here, but I'm from Preble County. When something great happens in Preble County, my heart swells up five sizes. Which is bad, because I probably should go to the doctor for that. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, winner of Dayton 2 has Dayton 4, Saturday, March 7th. We move on to Dayton 3 at Vandalia Butler High School again. It is Greenview starting things up Thursday, February 20th at 6. The Rams are 16-5. and They have 12-8 and Dayton Christian. Winner of that game? Okay, so Valley View is playing Springfield Shawnee. You know why I know that now? Because Preble Shawnee takes on the winner of Greenview and Dayton Christian. The Arrows are 11-9. They have the bye. And you also have Stivers 11-8. Number 6 Stivers and the Tigers taking on 8-12 Northeastern, who's seed to number 18. Winner of Dayton 3 has Cincinnati 1. Now time for Dayton 4. There's also a Dayton 5 on there. So many Dayton brackets. First up, Thursday, the 20th at 7.30. and 16-3, Anna has number 23 triad. The Cardinals are 2-17. And, and the winner of that plays that next Thursday, the 27th at 6, against New Lebanon Dixie, who are 1-20. On the other side of the bracket, you have the Raiders of Benjamin Logan, 6-15, taking on 8-12, Meadowdale and the Lions. The winner of Dayton 4 battles Dayton 2. And now for Dayton 5. It skips right to Saturday, February 22nd. This is the shortest of the brackets. You have a total of three games before facing off against the winner of Cincinnati 2. Greenan 11-6 has 11-9 Indian Lake at 2. And Carlisle has Versailles, the Indian 7-14 Versailles, 19-1. Only seems like Versailles fields very good teams. And that's Division 3. Wrapped up for you. We now move on to Division 4. Load that up. We start off at Taylor High School. That's Cleves. That's Cincinnati area. That's by the river. Never knew how close it was. We start off the 22nd of 1. Hillcrest 7-10 and 10 against 7-14 St. Bernard Elmwood Place. Cincinnati Christian has the number one seed. They're 15-5. and 5. They'll take on 3-12. and 12. School Performing Arts. What is that C? I completely forgot about it. Let's find out. I know PA's Performing Arts. Creative and Performing Arts. That would make sense. The School of Creative and Performing Arts in Cincinnati, 3-12. and 12. Winner of Hillcrest St. Bernard has Cincinnati College Prep at 9-8. and eight. Winner of Cincinnati Christian, 15-5. and five. And Scupa will have Middletown Christian at 4-12. and 12. Winner of Taylor 1 gets Troy 1 at Vandalia Butler. So I guess D3 does play at University of Dayton. Taylor 2, you have Felicity Franklin leading things off Saturday the 22nd at 4 against New Miami. The Vikings are 15-5, and five. Felicity Franklin is 4-15. and 15. Winner of that plays on the 27th at 6 against the Mad Hatters of Euler, 8-9. and nine. You can't tell me Euler and the Mad Hatters is not the greatest name. That is a great name. We move on to Fayetteville Perry against Lachlan, both... The Rockets and the Panthers 9-11. and 11. And then Miami Valley Christian wraps up Taylor 2 against Ripley Union. Um, Ripley Union. 
I forgot what the other two words were. Maybe that's why I should have went the OHSAA brackets, but there you go. Ripley Union against Miami Valley Christian. 11-9 is Ripley. 3-15 is Miami Valley Christian. Winner of Taylor 2 gets Piqua 1 at Vandalia Butler, March 6th at 5.30. We move on to Piqua 1 at Piqua High School. And it starts off with Layman Catholic. Eight, uh, excuse me. Eight losses, 11 wins, 11-8. That's how you say that. Layman Catholic gets number 7, Mississippi Valley. At 11 and 10, winner of the Cavaliers and Blackhawks get 13 and 6, Fort Loramie. That's February 25th at 6 against Fort Loramie. Mississippi Valley and Layman Catholic at 6 Friday, February 21st at Piqua. After that game, Newton and Botkins. The Trojans are 16 and 4, the number 2 seed. And Newton 6 and 14, they'll play 7:30. Winner of the Trojans Indians gets Riverside and the Pirates at 6 and 14. The winner of Piqua 1 gets Taylor 2 at Butler, Vandalia Butler. And Piqua 2 looks like this. Fairlawn will take on Covington, the Jets 12 and 7, the Buccaneers 8 and 13. And Sonia 12 and 10 has 17 and 4 Troy Christian. And Jackson Center battles Bradford, the Tigers of Jackson Center 15 and 5, and Bradford 2 and 17. Winner of that gets the lone buy of Piqua 2 in Rushi at 6 and 13. Piqua 2 has Troy 2 at Vandalia Butler. We move on to Troy 1. It starts off with two buys to talk about. But first, Legacy Christian and Xenia 4 and 16 gets East Dayton Christian at 4 and 13. I think I mentioned it last week. I didn't realize East Dayton Christian was part of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. I thought they were part of another body, but it's nice to see. I think they're by 3rd Street. Let's find it out immediately because this is more important than talking about brackets course. Pretty sure it's on East 3rd. And then it's not. Then I look like it. It's in Riverside. It's on Spinning Road. I know where that is. It's by the old Kroger. I buy I bypass that when I go in that old Kroger from Wright State. Okay, so that's totally wrong. That's not 3rd Street at all. It's close to 3rd Street because the road ends at Airway, which becomes 3rd or Colonel Glen, depending on which way you're going. But there you go. I learned something today. Winner of Legacy Christian, East Dayton Christian, has Emmanuel Christian. By the way, Emmanuel Christian's from Springfield, and they're 16-2, and two, and the overall number one seed. Tri Village, 11-10, has Springfield Catholic Central at 4-14. and 14. Winner of the Patriots and the Irish get Miami Valley at 3-13. and 13. They're the Rams, and they're off wrong. They're just like a couple minutes away. And the winner of Troy 1 has Taylor 1 and Vidalia Butler. Troy 2! One by, it goes to my West Alexandria Cats, Twin Valley South, 3-18. and 18. The number 11 seed in Troy 2. They'll take on the winner fe- Thursday, February 27th at 6 against Cedarville or Yellow Springs. Yellow Springs and the Bulldogs are 0-20. Cedarville is having a good year at 15-5. and 5. Elsewhere in the Troy 2 bracket, you have Southeastern 6-14 and 14 against 9-12 and 12 Tri-County North. And Franklin Monroe, no, this is not Franklin nor Monroe. I talk about this all the time. They're in Dark County. Franklin Monroe are not. They're in Warren and Butler County, respectively. The Jets of Franklin Monroe will take on 8-10 and 10 Jefferson Township. Winner of Troy 2 gets Pickwood 2. And that's Division 4. That's the brackets. How long did that take? About 32 minutes. Hey, that took a lot less time than what the girls one did, and I don't know why. It's probably because I make terrible jokes throughout the whole thing, because... You know, I have a big fear of you, the listener, not enjoying me talking about brackets. But there you go. 
Looking at the districts real quick. Division 2, actually the UD Arena Games are in Division 2. They will be the winner of Dayton 1, Cincinnati 2 versus Columbus 1. Cincinnati 3, Dayton 2 against Cincinnati 3. Cincinnati 1, Dayton 3 against Cincinnati 2. I like it that the big college basketball barns have basketball, but why not in another center? And I guess most of the, what would that be? Regional games are at UD Arena? I think. Sure, let's say that. But Where's the love for another center? That's a good basketball gym. I mean, you use it for state volleyball playoffs. Why not basketball? That's me as a Wright State Raider alum talking about that. But there you go. Boys basketball brackets all wrapped up neat and tidy in Southwest Ohio. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing through the playoffs. Maybe I'll get a call on WTGR. Maybe. I don't know. I got Arcanum National Trail last year from Butler. That was a really good game. And no, not just because National Trail won that game. I'm not biased like that. Although it was cool to see. Like I said, Preble County team's doing well. Makes me smile even more. But, yeah, that's the CCC battle. Battle of both teams wearing orange. And Arcanum's got a pretty nice team as well. Which, did I mention Arcanum at all? Now I'm thinking about that. They're in Southwest Ohio. Don't try to take it for Northwest Ohio. They're in Dark County. I probably did, and I'm just not remembering. But I don't see Arcanum at all. Actually, wait. I did talk about Arcanum. There you go! <laughs> hey, let's talk about wrestling, and let's try to open up that tab again. I don't know why I closed it so quick. I want to talk about girls wrestling. It's a something I've been talking about a lot as of late. You can follow this team, OH Girl Wrestling, on Twitter. I don't know why I say this team. They follow girls wrestling up to the T. And 70-plus teams have registered for the first OHSWCA Girls State Wrestling Tournament, which is the Ohio High School Wrestling Coaches Association organization. First one. I'd like to read you all the teams. Now, keep in mind, if you're listening, if you have a girls wrestling team you want to be a part of it, you have till Wednesday, the 12th at 5, to register your team. Here we go! Aiken, Alliance, Archbolt, Athens, Baden, Hamilton, Baden, Beechcroft, Columbus, Belfountain, Bevelltape, Big Walnut, Brookfield, Brooklyn, Brunswick, Brush, Chippewa, Coleraine, Defiance, Delaware, Hayes, Dover. Dover? Yeah, I guess that's Dover. I think it was Dover. I don't know why. Dublin, Kaufman, Columbus East, Eaton, Elyra, Fairfield, Green, Greenview, Grove City, Hamilton Township, Harvey, Hillier, Bradley, Hoover, Indian Creek, Lakeside from Ashtabula. Lakewood, Lakota West, Liberty Center. Not nearby here, and not the mall. Madison. That could be Middletown, Madison. That could be Madison. What is that city? Sycamore, Ohio? I don't know. Malvern, Marysville, Mentor, Miami East, Miamisburg, Napoleon, New Lexington, Norwood, Oberlin, Olentagy, Berlin, Olentagy, Orange, Parma, Paulding, Pickerington, North, Piqua, Reynoldsburg, Ridgedale, River, Rusford, Sydney, Springboro, Stivers, Slovenia, Southview, Taylor, Tenora, Twin Valley South! You know, that's where I'm from, West Alexandria. Waitheree, West Carrollton, West Holmes, Western Brown, Western Reserve, Collins, Westerville, North, Whetstone! Gotta talk about girls wrestling, because it's growing in Ohio, and hopefully it'll be a sport that is officiating everything. Officiated? I don't mean officiated, I mean, uh, official. There we go. Also, Hubbard, Galleon, River Valley, Beaver Creek, 
Akron Firestone, Upper Arlington, Centennial, and John Glenn make it 78 teams as of an hour ago. That's impressive. That's 78 schools that are fielding girls wrestling. I'm super proud to see Twin Valley South part of this list. And also Eaton. I mean, like I mentioned, when Preble County does something great, it makes me happy. And, you know, seeing girls wrestling pop up in West Alexandria and Eaton, you know, West Alexandria, we have, what, a thousand people living around the area. Eaton's got slightly more, but they're the big city in Preble County, after all. I say big city, but they have ATMs, stoplights, McDonald's, Burger King, you know, the whole spiel. And Kroger, although it's the smallest Kroger you'll have to step in. Yeah. I want to see this be an official sport in OHSAA, and I think it will be. Maybe not next season, but I definitely think, I mean, this is a great step. You have nearly 80 schools. Oh, you got 79. Cleveland Central Catholic is the newest one. 13 minutes ago, they're on the board. You have nearly 80 schools bringing girls wrestling. It's something that, you know, my day wasn't a thing. I say my day, but, you know, we had, the Valley View, we had wrestling, and, you know, we had girls help out the team, but never female wrestlers, and I think that's, it's great to see that girls are getting a chance to wrestle in high school sports. And I see it pop up, I think Mount St. Joseph was in Wittenberg. They're fielding girls wrestling, women's wrestling next year, which is awesome. I like seeing that. I like seeing growth. So, definitely, that's huge. And yes, I'm very excited my hometown team has a team in, so. We'll check out boys wrestling now. And we'll look at draw results. I'm a little worried because there's only Division 1 South and Division 3 North. Your calendar looks like this. Your sectional tournament draw for individual wrestling is February 2nd. Regional quarterfinals, semifinal, and finals as a team is February the 8th. State quarterfinals, semifinal, and finals as teams are February 16th. And then you have your sectional tournaments for individuals February 24th through 29th. District tournaments for individuals March 2nd through 7th. State tournament March 13th, 15th. And the season ending March 15th. Uh, I'll be honest, I... I want to talk more about wrestling. I I love being the announcer of the Greater Miami Valley Wrestling Association Holiday Tournament. You hear me talk about it all the time, close to Christmas time. I I wish I was more in the sport as an announcer, not an actual wrestler, because I'd be snapped like a twig. Let's be real. Uh, it's just I don't know, you know, what all to cover, and I want to be fair. I want to cover all Southwest Ohio. So we'll look at the Division One South draw, the sectional wrestler teams representing in North Lakota East, Northwest, Withrow, Turpin, Walnut Hills, Talawanda, Hamilton, Kings, Harrison, Springboro, LaSalle, and Elder. There's some good teams in Lakota East's sectional. Lebanon has the Host Warriors, Loveland, Little Miami, Fairfield, Moeller, Mason, West. West what? There's also West Claremont. West... Carrollton, maybe? I don't know. But it's just West. West Claremont, Anderson, Mount Healthy, and Winton Woods. And Middletown, you'll have the host Middies. Western Hills, Lakota East, Princeton, Oak Hills, Miamisburg, Coleraine, St. X, Edgewood, Sycamore, and Milford. I already did it once. I won't annoy you with it again. How about Division 3 North? Let's pull up that tab and talk about Layman Catholics draw. The host Cavaliers will have Versailles, Legacy Christian, 
I tell you, Legacy Christian's wrestling program in the holiday tournament, they're just like a well-wrestling machine. That's a good school. They're a good team of wrestlers, too. Mechanicsburg, Carlisle, Greenan, Northridge, Benjamin Logan, Preble Shawnee, Arcanum, Triad, Dixie, Twin Valley South, and Stivers. Just 13 teams in the Covington draw. The host Buccaneers have Troy Christian, Miami East, Indian Lake, Greenview, Springfield Shawnee, Brookville, National Trail, Tri-County North, Middletown Madison, named Madison Senior for some reason, you know, as opposed to Madison Junior. Southeastern, Northeastern, and West Liberty Salem. And that's all the drawings in the Southwest side of things. Looking on through what else I can talk about. Couple of changes. Woodward is no longer in the South in Division Two wrestling from January 11th. So yeah, hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about that. I I apologize for not really having more than that because I wanted to talk more about individual results, but again, that doesn't start until the end of the month. Team wise, um. We're at the state quarterfinals, semifinal, and finals aspect. I mean, five days from now, that's when it starts. So I'll try to get some points from there. Actually, covering this, it's also Trent Arena for districts, Wilmington, and Hobart Arena. That'd be cool, seeing wrestling at Hobart Arena. Like I said, it's not just a hockey bar. But there we go. That's a little bit of wrestling there. Girls, boys, boys basketball, brackets. And also the main topic, talking about Federal Prospect Hockey League coming to Troy, Ohio. Prospects Hockey League coming to Troy, Ohio. There is one more thing I like to talk about, and I found it very interesting. It's something in Preble County again. Well, somewhat in Preble County. Because this place splits Preble County, Butler County, and Indiana. And I think it was a very neat subject to talk about. Talking about College Corner. Ohio, or West College Corner, Indiana. You might know College Corner slash West College Corner, Indiana. They're part of the Union County school system across the state line. And no longer participate in Ohio High School Athletic Association. Scrolling on down a little bit. It's crazy how much stuff I share on Facebook. Twitter, too, but... Oh, by the way, if you want to try hockey for free, if you have young ones that want to try the sport, it's at Kettering Rec, February 22nd, 2020. And literally, you go up, you show up, you try the gear on, you try skating, you see if you like it. If you don't, no harm, no foul. Hey, there's my broadcast. Did anyone watch that? There's a haircut coupon. It's awesome. Here we go. This is from USA Today, HSS.com. One high school gym, two states, a mid-court stripe with an interesting divide. It's a very long article. It's written by Greg Doyle of the Indianapolis Star. I thought he was previously with the Indianapolis Star, and then he left to write for CBS Sports or something like that. Or was it the other way around? I'm not sure. You can tell me which is the right way. Again, very long article. I enjoyed reading it, but... Yeah. The basketball gym in West College Corner has a story that that cannot be told without a few detours contours, really, of time and geography that must be traced carefully. That includes the dead G-Man and the desperado who gunned him down, the outlaw eventually swinging from a noose in downtown Indianapolis, 
while a bloodthirsty crowd cheered on Alabama Street. Wow, this took a very dark corner. The story about a basketball gym can't be told without mentioning the football team being banned for 100 years. Which, by the way, College Corner can play Ohio High School football again in 2026. And there's an interesting story about that a little bit later. Hopefully I'll touch up on that. Or the car jutting obscenely into the schoolhouse wall. Yes, that happened. But this has to start where all stories start. At the beginning, good start. With the dateline. See what it says there? West College Corner, Indiana? That's true. That's where the story takes place, but step over here just a few inches and you're in College Corner, Ohio. Another step, you're back in Indiana. Another, and yep, you're in Ohio. Yeah, College Corner is right on top of the state line. It's kind of like Union City, except Union City, Indiana has the McDonald's. Union City, Ohio is a very small farming community. And Mississippi Valley is a little further away on 47, whereas Union City's uh, school district in Indiana is in town. And hey, let me tell you about that story again, how I got lost. Yeah, I really love that story, let me tell you. <clears throat> anyway. We're standing inside the basketball gym of the old College Corner High School, the smallest gym you ever saw, but big enough to span two states. The midcourt stripe? That's the state line. You know, I looked at this picture, I was like, I.O. What school district is I.O.? It's like, oh yeah, Indiana, Ohio. That makes sense. (laughs) Think about this, too. It's mentioned later in the article, but remember back in the 90s when Indiana was completely in Central Time? Yeah, so literally you start a game at 7, then you step in Ohio. Hey, it's 8 o'clock. Hey, it's back to 7. I don't know what's going on here. Nowadays, the only part of Indiana that's central time, a very small chunk of southwest Indiana and the Chicago part of Indiana. You know, Valparaiso and all that. Still looks really nice. It's, like I mentioned, it's now an elementary school for Union County, home of the Patriots. Quirky Jim causes unique issues. The town here was first before that chunk of ground to the west had itself a name, Indiana. If you're wondering how something like this could happen, well, that's how. College Corner, Ohio was settled in 1811, eight years after Ohio became a state, but five years before Indiana became a state. Eastern border of Indiana cleaves the town in half. But, as the article mentions, Sandy Johnson is telling Greg Doyle, but we're one town, which is true. Pretty sure Union City is like that, too. But again, there's the state line doesn't split a building in half. At least I don't think it does. I don't know. The person interviewing on here lives on State Line Road, which is literally a state line. Graduated from College Corner in 1965, worked 40 years in the cafeteria, now lives in a house across the street. On the Indiana side, the founding fathers of College Corner, Ohio, and West College Corner, Indiana, built the original schoolhouse in a 1980. 19- excuse me, in 1893, as a compromise on land covering both sides. When they built a bigger school, the current school, in 1926, someone got cute and suggested putting the gym at the school's epicenter, straddling the court and state line. Midcourt has an I on one side for Indiana, an O for Ohio on the other side, marking an arrangement that's led to all sorts of oddities. And this is the part where it talks about Indiana being entirely in central time zone. <laughs> you can have a game start at 7 o'clock in Indiana and it's 8 o'clock in Ohio. What's going on here? You could take a long shot from one state, said Chet Curry, class of 1969, and make it in the other. That happened all the time. The school played for decades in the Ohio State Basketball Tournament, but switched to Indiana in the 1960s to get a piece of the sectional pie and stayed there until the school closed in 1972. 
when it became Union County High School, when it consolidated with Short High. Union County is that small county in the Miami Valley in Indiana. It's south of Richmond, and the big city is Liberty. And I say big city, uh, big village is probably the better term. There's an Ohio historical marker there, the Union School from 1893 to 2004. And it talks a little bit about that. And like I mentioned, I'm not going to read the entire thing. I'm not going to read the story about the car crashing into it, but I do want to read the... Well, there's the story about the man wanted by the FBI. In case you're wondering why I'm talking about someone getting dragged and then hung it in Alabama Street in Indianapolis. That's why. We'll talk about that. Again, USA Today, HSS. I shared it on Facebook. Don't know if I shared it on Twitter, actually. I thought I did. Now, the football story, that's pretty cool. Because College Corner, you think it'd be near college. It is. It's by Oxford. Well, by Oxford. I mean, it's a couple miles, but there you go. So, there is a picture of the 1926 College Corner High School football team that got caught cheating and banned for 100 years in Ohio. That's not going to matter, because, you know, Union County doesn't play in Ohio. They play in Indiana. So... That record was 30-2. and two. That's a lot of football games, 32 games. Not even college or professional teams play 32 games in a season. Well, that's because College Corner at one point played in the Preble County League and also played in Indiana. So, you know, double the fun. You really have to be pretty athletic to play, you know, twice the amount of games. But there you go. You're looking at the last football team in College Corner history. That players from Miami University, you just went down the road and got them, I guess. An announcer recognized two of the players in Ohio banned College Corner for 100 years. Again, that ban lifted, lifting in 2026, if they were still a thing. They're not. And they talk about the Trojan Bas- Basketeers, College Corner Trojans. The Basketeers were a barnstorming group of middle school kids from College Corner who traveled to high school and college games in both states putting on ball-handling exhibitions patterned after the Harlem Gold Trotters. They wore flashy uniforms, did tricks and silly skits, even had a football bit where they snapped the ball and tried to kick it into the basket. One night, the Basketeers were at the old Withrow Court in Miami, in Oxford, Ohio. Rival Ohio U was in town, the 3,500-seat gym was standing room only when College Corner 6th grader Art Bleal kicked it in the basket. The place went nuts. It was the snapper, Chet Curry. I love the history on this. It's something that... I I don't know if it's happening in the United States. I can't say. I know Southwest Ohio sports. I know a little bit about Eastern Indiana sports. A little bit less of Northern Kentucky sports, but... Just look at the history on that. It's just... It's crazy. Jim was so small it was dangerous. The trophy case I need to see next, it's in the Everstate. Right now you're in Indiana. Go over to Wilbur and you're in Ohio. Frame photos of the stars of College Corner's last great team, the 1969 Bunch, led by Jerry Frazee and Wilbur's son, Chet Curry. That bunch went to the Connorsville sectional and almost beat the 15-4 host from Connorsville. Curry hit the final shot at each of the first three corners, but his game winner at the end of regulation, contested by eventual Michigan Wolverine football player Greg Ellis, rimmed out. He might have hit my head, Chet saying, Riley over the phone from his home in Colorado, where he retired as a high school coach and teacher, a career that began as a Cumpson Junior High in Lafayette. No harm, no foul. Just hearing the history about that, it's... 
again, you're probably never going to see that happen again. Because you don't have high schools, especially around here, that play in Ohio and in Indiana. You might have a game, Indiana school versus Ohio school. That's probably the closest you're getting to that. But I do look forward to 2026 when I can say College Corner is back in, oh wait, they closed up in 1972 when they became Union County. So yeah, I really like that story, and I, I implore you to look it up. Again, usatodayhss.com. Greg Doyle of the Indianapolis Star. This is an older article, though. Not quite a year old. July 3rd, 2019. So, definitely really cool piece of history in College Corner, Ohio, or West College Corner, Indiana. Just wonder why it's not called East College Corner, Ohio. I don't know. But that will wrap up episode 135 quite nicely. Will Troy get an FPHL team? I like to see pro hockey return to Dayton. And I mentioned you need a rink. Hobart's got a nice rink, but they also think about business-wise. They think about that quite smartly. So we'll see how that turns out again. Any further updates on that story, I'll bring it on the podcast or definitely on social media. At the Lee W. Mallon, follow me there, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. But if not, it's cool to talk about a rumor for a little bit. And also use the phrase, fake news, like all the kids do nowadays. That's all I hear, you know. I don't like that saying, but if you like it, whatever. Not a big deal. This concludes episode 135 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. And we'll talk to you again next week for more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at theleewmowen and at Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app. Then search for the local Sunday sports group to submit your future Mowen's Mailback questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. <laughs>